Well, it's good to see everybody. I saw a friend on the way in that's been here for a couple months. Just really glad to have everybody here tonight. And, and um, this weekend is going to be a really good weekend. Of course, you know, Joel Osteen's going to be over at AT&T Park uh, on Friday night. And there's tons of ministers coming in. Several of, my, of our friends are, are coming in for that event. And uh, Robert Spina, I don't know if you remember Robert. He pastors a church down in Southern California. He's going to be just visiting with us Sunday morning. It'll be good to see Robert. And then a friend that I've known for many, many years, a really, really great teacher, a better teacher than I am, not that we compare one another. I'm kind of a preacher teacher. Uh, but Patrick Norris is going to be with us Sunday night. You're really, really going to enjoy it. It's really going to be awesome. And uh, he has a friend with him that... Uh, Actually, he's a master musician. He's played with before David Crowder and, and different ones. And I'm going to see if he can, I can get him to sing a song or something. And so, and he, he also is on the platform with Copelands and stuff. So it's going to be good. Um, they're just visiting. He's just visiting. We're not going to put a lot of pressure on him. Uh, but Patrick will be here uh, Sunday night. And our theme now for Sunday evening is Healing the Hurting. And so if you were here last um, uh, Sunday night, we tied in the secrets of sobriety with divine healing. And I gave my testimony. So if you weren't able to be here, uh, you can download it. Just go on the media page at uh, heartofthebay.org and and you can hear some of the nuggets that I shared, uh, some things that have worked for me. And then Patrick is going to kind of tie in both of those things together as well. Um, the secrets of sobriety and also divine healing. Actually, I think he's about to get a degree. Um, I don't know exactly what you call it in chemical dependency or something. He's a very bright young man. So you'll want to be here. It's going to be great. And then Sunday morning, we always have a real good time. Amen. We always have a real good time. So you know, you got a couple choices Sunday morning at 9 or um, Sunday evening uh, or, or 11 and then Sunday evening at uh, 6.30. Look at backpacks. Backpacks. So what, what does this represent? This represents the love of God extended toward our community. And each backpack represents a precious life. And a lot of the people that come on uh, the grounds, they come with relatives, they come with moms and dads and papas and grandmas, and, and we just love on them. And we give them groceries and play games and have a lot of fun. And uh, there's people out there on the... Uh, on the parking lot witnessing, and it's, it's uh, you know, sometimes 7,500 people get saved uh, during our outreach on that Saturday. So it's going to be good, um, and I know that you can get involved, so uh, you may want to pick up some information. Everybody ought to be giving. Everybody ought to be sowing into that, and please be praying. Amen? Amen. And uh, hopefully we're going to have some updates on City Impact and some of the statistics that took place there. Really awesome. Really, really good time. Um, there's just a ton of stuff going on. We're real excited about our, our television broadcast, which is going to be kicking off. I believe it is September 23rd, a Wednesday night, or is it September 26th? It's a Wednesday night. I, I can't tell which one because I don't have my calendar. But it's going to be around that third week in September. So you'll be able to come to church 
um, on Wednesday night, and then at 9.30, right after Dick Burnell, we'll be on with Heart Talk. And so we're excited about that, and be praying about it. You know, we're working on logos. I did a ton of spots yesterday, and, you know, we've got so many hours and years and years of teaching already filmed, and so we just want to be a blessing. And uh, so that's going to be on KTLN. We'll give you some more information. And then we're going to be on public broadcasting for free, and we'll give you that information as well. All right? So we're going to go ahead and dismiss CIA. I see Miss Cindy back there. You guys have a great class. And are uh, you ready to get in the Word? Yes. All right. Let's do that. Turn in your Bibles tonight to the book of Ephesians, and let's look at chapter 6. I made it a point not to eat pecans before I came to church today. <laughs> I was a little dry in my voice last week, but thank God that's not happening now. Um, So Ephesians, the sixth chapter, and I just want you to agree with me that the Spirit of God will say what what should be said, needs to be said tonight. We, We endeavor to be led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So Father, we just all... Uh, come together tonight. We touch and agree as, as concerning utterance, concerning that which you would want to say to all of our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would use me to edify, to exhort, to comfort your people. I pray that the eyes of our hearts be flooded with light, our hearts be strengthened. And Lord, when we go from this place, we'll have been encouraged, we'll have been instructed, and even inspired by your word and by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so what we've been talking about for quite a while is fighting the good fight of faith. And that's led us really to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. So I want to stop, start there in Ephesians 6, verse 10 in the Amplified Version. We understand that there is a warfare that we fight. Thank God it's a fixed fight. But still we have to show up for the fight, right? It's not a fist fight, you know. Uh, but this fight that we fight, this battle, we've been given weapons. He says, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Well, the name of Jesus is one of our strongest weapons. The word of the Lord is a strong weapon. The power of the Holy Spirit, he is a mighty weapon. Amen. And then the blood of the lamb. Amen. And so, you know, when these thoughts, imaginations and suggestions and strongholds come to your mind to talk you out of the truth, the Bible says casting down imaginations in any high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Let's read this verse together. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord, be empowered through your union with him, draw your strength from him, that strength which his boundless might provides. Now let's stop right there. So we see that in the book of Ephesians, in the first part of the chapters, of verses chapter 1, uh, right up until about chapter 4, he talks about who we are, what we have in Christ. Then in chapter 4, right up until Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, he's talking about the walk of the believer. The first part, the wealth of the believer. The second part, the walk of the believer. And then uh, verse 10, right through the end of the book of Ephesians, he talks about the warfare of the believer. So he encourages us then to be strong. But notice with me that we are not to be strong in and of ourselves. We are to be strong in the Lord. And we draw this strength by virtue of the fact that we are children of God, but there also comes an empowerment the more that we if you will, stay vitally connected or stay vitally united with him through the word, through communion with the Holy Spirit, 
through fellowship with one another, through daily Bible reading, through daily proclaiming the Word of God, and daily praying. Amen? Amen. And so we can then be strong in Him, empowered through our union with Him. This strength is drawn from Him, that strength which His boundless might provides. How many of you have ever drawn on the strength of the Lord? You know, in the natural, sometimes we feel weak, but thank God His grace is more than enough for us. His grace is not insufficient. His grace is sufficient. And there's strength in the grace of God for your walk with Him and for your life. You found out that to be true, haven't you? Now notice with me in verse 11 in the Amplified Version, it says, Put on then... God's whole armor, the armor of a heavy armed soldier, which God supplies. So, you know, you know in the Word of God that we are likened as sheep, but we're also likened as soldiers, okay? And uh, that you may be able successfully to stand up against all the strategies and the deceits of the enemy. Jerry Savell said many years ago, if Satan can de- deceive you, he can defeat you. And so we are not to be ignorant of the enemy's devices. He is very subtle, is he not? In that he will bring half-truths trying to deceive us. He will bring the bait trying to get us to nibble, if you will, on his deceptions. But if you are fully persuaded of the truth, and if you have this armor on, the scripture says that you will be able to successfully stand up against all of his strategies. That's good. That's a good thing. To be able to successfully stand in the armor and not be deceived, that's awesome. So we're going to talk quite a bit about uh, truth tonight. I've discovered this, that truth counters deception. Say that with me. Truth counters deception. Now let's go on to verse 12, and and we'll go back to those thoughts in a few moments. In verse 12 says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So your fight isn't against me. Your fight isn't against your husband. It's not against your wife. It's not against government. No, we are not wrestling against flesh and blood. But what are we wrestling against? Well, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That is devils, demons, and evil spirits. But he says, take heart. In verse 13, he says, wherefore, take unto you, now notice with me, the whole armor of God, or the complete armor, as the Amplified says, that you may be able, say it with me, when I have the armor of God on, I have the ability of God working in me and for me and all around me. Glory to God. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor. The whole armor covers your whole case for life. The whole armor of God that you may be able. So the ability of God is there to withstand in the evil day. Every one of you have experienced a test a trial, or a difficult, we could call it, an evil day. If you haven't yet, I'm sorry to tell you, it's probably on its way. But we don't have to fear when we're standing in the armor of God, right? So he says, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. 
So there are some things then that we need to make sure that we are doing. In other words, we need to make sure that we do what we know to do. You can't do what you don't know to do. But what you do know to do is yours to do. Amen? So that ties in, you know, with that verse of Scripture says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only. If any man be a hearer of the word, not a doer of the word, well, that person is self-deceived. So having done all to stand, stand. Now, there's days where you're not going to feel like doing all you know to do. But do it anyway. Make yourself do the word. And if you will make yourself do the word when you don't feel like doing the word, you will see God come through in the evil day for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, of course, we'd all have, rather have days where we really felt like being doers. You know, it's like exercise. We all have days where, you know, perhaps it's easier to exercise than other days, right? Yes. Then there's other days where it's just a little bit more difficult. Well, it's the same thing true spiritually. You do not always feel the presence of God. But that has nothing to do whether or not the presence of God is in you. And the presence of God is all around you. For we do walk by what? Come on, somebody. We walk by faith and not by sight. My spiritual father said this. Paul wrote this while in the custody. Well, look at verse 14. And the the subject now is standing, standing, ability to stand. Notice verse 14. He says, having done all to stand. And then he goes on. He says, stand, therefore. Well, stand therefore with what? Having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. So those are the things we're going to be discussing tonight. My spiritual father said this, that Paul wrote this while in the custody of Roman soldiers. He said it was easy for him to look at the equipment of his guards and see how God has equipped the believer. Brenda and I were in Rome and we saw where Paul was before that he was executed. It was a dingy, dingy, dark place. And so the different parts of the armor of God then symbolize spiritual attitudes that the believer must maintain or spiritual initiatives that we must be applying in our lives on a regular basis. And we understand that the order in which the pieces of armor are described is the order in which the Roman soldier would put the armor on. Amplified says, Stand therefore, hold your ground, having tightened the belt of truth around your loins. So, He's saying over and over again, stand therefore. So when the Roman soldier would have his armor on, he would stand in battle with confidence. He would stand upright and be confident. When you have the armor of God on, you can be confident in your day of battle. And so he says, stand therefore having your loins girt about with truth. Now, 
Tonight, if we were to describe a man's clothing, would we really begin with his belt? I don't think so. You'd probably start out by describing his jacket or his coat, maybe his shirt, his necktie, or possibly even his shoes. But you wouldn't begin with the belt, would you? The belt, you see, seems to be kind of an insignificant little thing until you take it off. Okay? So you take the belt off, some things can go south, and that's not a good thing. Are you listening to me? And so that is precisely what this loin belt would do for the Roman soldier. It held all the pieces of his armor together. Though he would be wearing all of his great weaponry, if his loin belt was not in place, everything would fall apart. How many of you have ever seen a worker had a have a utility belt on? So a utility belt, what do they put in there? Well, they might put their hammer in there. They might put their screwdriver in there. They put things that could become easily accessible to them. That utility belt goes down. They're going to be hunting somewhere for their tools. Amen. And so this armor, this loin belt, would, would hold together the rest of the armor. It would hold the shield. It would hold the breastplate. The sword of the spirit was nearby. And so he says then, your loins should be girt about with truth. It was said that the loin belt was the most vital part of the Roman soldier's armor. John McMillan, I believe he's the gentleman who wrote a book that was so wonderfully put together on the authority of the believer. I think we ought to just rejoice that we've got authority in Jesus' name. And if you've never read the authority of the believer, you need to read the authority of the believer. Because if there was ever a day where we needed to be exercising an authority, it's today, right? But John McMillan said this. He taught this that the girdle of truth represents a clear understanding of God's Word, like a soldier's belt, and I've said it before and I'll say it again, it holds the rest of this armor in place. So I want you to get the picture. And I'm just going to read something to you, then I'm going to get into the crux of the message that I believe the Spirit of God would speak to us tonight. Listen to these statements. Lay the Bible or your loin belt of truth aside, and in time, you will begin to lose your sense of righteousness. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's in the Word of God you discover about who you are and what you have. You are, in fact, the righteousness of God. Lay the loin belt of truth aside. Just get out of the Word for a while and... You know, just kind of go on cruise for a while and just, you know, just not read, not pray, not go to church. Que sarah, Lay that loin belt of truth aside and you will slowly begin to lose your sense of peace. Lay the loin belt of truth down and you will feel the joy of your salvation begin to deplete. How many of you know that this word, as it is read and acted upon, brings great joy into your life? Yeah. Jeremiah said it this way. He says, thy words were found, and I ate them. And they were unto me the joy 
and the rejoicing of my heart. I mean, come on, let's be honest about it. How many of you been at home just studying the Word and meditating the Word? All of a sudden, you just got happy on the inside. Because you had yourself a great big Holy Ghost happy meal, amen? And you were feeding on manna from heaven, and all of a sudden on the inside of you, the joy began to bubble up. And the things that looked impossible a few minutes ago look no longer impossible because the joy of the Lord is strengthening you and enabling you to stand. Hallelujah. If you toss that loin belt of truth out of your life, very quickly you'll begin to lose your ability to believe and to walk by faith. Because you'll see in a later study that it is the shield of faith wherewith we quench all the flaming missiles and all the fiery darts of the wicked one. So everything in our life has got to center around the Word, who is Jesus, who is God, and the Spirit of God. Say it with me. The Word of God and the Spirit of God are always in agreement. And the Word of God strengthens me And the Spirit of God counsels me and empowers me to live and walk by faith. Isn't that good news? That is good news. So you absolutely, and I cannot function as a believer without the Word. It's got to have a central role in our lives. Reading the Word. Somebody says, well, I've read that before. Well, read it again. You know, I enjoy a good filet mignon, don't you? And sometimes I enjoy a ribeye. There's a little bit more fat on ribeye than a filet mignon. But man, I sometimes just enjoy a good Cajun ribeye. You know, I might have had a ribeye a while back, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to have a ribeye real soon. So faith doesn't come by having heard. Any more than fullness and being satiated physically comes by having eaten a steak yesterday. Anyway. So let's, let's talk about then the importance of the truth. That's what I, that's what I want to center in on tonight. The importance of the truth. Jesus said, That you shall know the what? You shall know the truth. Now, realize this. When we're talking about the truth, we're talking about the word. Because Jesus said in John 17, 17, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Say with me, thy word. His word. It is the truth. And the truth or the word will set you free. And the truth and the word will keep you free. Oh, glory to God. Thank God for his word. Oh, man, it's so good. Yum, yum, yum. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Hmm, mm, mm. So let's, let's talk about this 
just for a, a few moments tonight. Let's, let's start with uh, Proverbs 23, verse 23, and you could pull that up. Proverbs 23 and verse 23. Look at this. He says, buy the truth. I mean, buy into it, man. Buy the truth. Sell it not. You know, they say, buy this stock. You look up the stock and it says, hold. Buy or sell. When it says hold, that means you hold. What the scripture is saying, look it, buy into the truth and hold fast to it. Live your life by the truth. Not by what Confucius say. Amen? Not necessarily by what Dr. Phil even say. Now, if Dr. Phil can line up with the Word of God, that's fine, but I'm going to take the Word. Buy the truth and sell it not. Also, buy wisdom and instruction and understanding. So when you, when you buy into the fact that God's Word is truth and that God and His Word are one, and the words that He speaks unto us, they are spirit and they are life. When you buy into that as a way of life, whoo, hold on to it, man. Hold on to it. And at the same time, draw wisdom from the truth. Amen. Amen. Yes. Wisdom is the ability to use knowledge yes. rightly. And then, be open to the truth. I don't know it all. Sometimes I'm amazed at how little I do know. I thank God for what I do know, but I'm open to knowing more. I'm open to instruction, aren't you? See, the Word of God is profitable. It's profitable for for, uh, inspiration and even correction and instruction. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly furnished, ready for life. And pray for understanding. Listen, guys, you can pray for me every day. It'd be just fine with me that if you would pray that Pastor Mark's eyes would be flooded with light. Give my pastor a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. And I'll pray that for you. That's buying into the truth. Now, I looked this up in the voice translation, and I I don't know that we have it, but I really like this one. The voice translation, I'll I'll give it just a moment to see if we do. Let's say hallelujah a couple times. (laughs) Woo, glory to God. This truth restored my soul. This truth took me out of the pit. (laughs) Oh, glory to God. Has the truth done anything for you? What's the truth doing for you right now? I'll tell you what it's doing for you. It's feeding you. It's building you up. And not only that, it's encouraging you. Amen. Now, the voice translation, and I'll read it, and it's okay. The voice translation says, invest in truth, sock it away. (laughs) Sock it away. Never cash in wisdom, 
Never cash in wisdom, guidance, or insight. In other words, invest in it, sock it away, and hold tightly to it. Jesus said this. He said, if, this is a condition, right? In John 15, 7, and they'll pull this up in the King James, but look, notice this verse. Just a great verse of Scripture, but it's a conditional verse. John 15, verse 7 says, if, there's a condition, you abide in me. Okay, so we are born again, so in one sense we do abide in him. But if you look up that verse in the Amplified Version, it talks about staying vitally united with him in union and in communion with him. Amen? So if you abide in me, and my words abide in you. We could say it like this. If you live for me, and you've got my words living in you, hey, you shall ask what you will. And it shall be done unto you. Hallelujah. Well, Pastor, how am I going to know? If what I'm asking is scriptural or not, because you've been living in him and you've got his word living in you and you would never ask anything outside of his will or his word because it's just living so much in you. Amen. Now, let's look at some things concerning the truth. I love this verse of scripture in first Thessalonians chapter two and verse 13. It says this for this cause. Also, we thank God without ceasing because when you receive the word of God, say it with me, I'm receiving the word of God. Which you have heard of us, you received it not as the word of men. These are not the words of Mark Thomas. These are the words of God. So you receive it not as the word of men, but as it is what? In truth, the word of God which effectually worketh also in you, if you'll just dare to believe it. If you just look at the word and say, thank God, I believe it, and that settles it for me. So the word of God is received. The word of God is believed. Then look at Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 12. Second Peter, the first chapter in the 12th verse. Having your loins girt about with truth. If you want your life to be upheld, make sure that you are under the word of his power. Because it is the word of his power that upholds all things. And that includes you, and that includes me. Don't you feel upheld? I feel upheld by his love and by the word of his power. Now notice this. And, you know, for some people, this might be like a simple message. Somebody else may say, well, Pastor, give me a heavy revy. I'll give you a heavy revy when I get one. I don't really have one. But, you know, sometimes we need to look at carefully what we've heard and hear it again and feed on it again so we can go to something else. Amen. So, therefore, I will not be negligent. To put you always in remembrance of these things, though you may know them, and be established in the present truth. 
though you may know them. So some of these things you already know, but I just sense in my spirit, your spirit is active tonight and it's getting fed. I just sense strength coming up. You know what else I sense coming up, Tony? I sense faith rising up. I, I really do. I sense the spirit of faith just rising up in this place. Woo, glory to God. And when you got the spirit of faith, not only individually, but when you got the spirit of faith corporately in a congregation like this, there ain't nothing that's impossible with him. Hallelujah. So we take our spirit of faith and we put it together. And I tell you what, some things can be knocked out. Some diseases can be knocked out. Some depressions can be knocked out. Some things can go down. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, I've written here in my notes that the truth sets you free, keeps you free, but this truth also has preservation power. The truth preserves you. Now look at Psalms 40, verse 11. Psalms 40, verse 11. Of course, the psalmist is praying here, and he's praying, Lord, withhold not thy tender mercies from thee. Thank God for his mercy. O Lord, let your loving kindness and may your truth, now notice this, continually do what? Preserve. Preserve me. In other words, let your truth keep me, preserve me. Let your truth keep me from error. Let your truth keep me from false doctrines. Let your truth keep me safe in my heart. Let your truth keep my mind safe. Let your truth keep my family safe. I'm telling you, there's preservation power in the word of the Lord. Now, along these same lines, let's look at Psalm 91. Psalm 91. And I want to look at verses 1 through 4. Psalms 91. The enemy comes as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he'll come with lies. And he'll come with deceptions. And he'll come with arrows of condemnation. He'll come to gut you with guilt. But if you know the truth. I said if you know the truth. That you are not the condemned. You are not the guilty. You are the washed in the blood. You are the heirs of God. You are the joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Your days of condemnation and guilt and groveling are over with. Because the word of the Lord sets you free. Psalm 91, let's read it together. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Now let me me ask you a question. Where else did we see this thought abide? Earlier. John what? John what? 15? John 15, 7. I hope you're taking notes. If you abide in me, my words abide in you. And here again, that thought is, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High. Not he that occasionally drops by. (laughs) 
No, he that is serious about living their life in this secret place. The secret place is not a place of legalism. The secret place is a place where you and I belong. The secret place is a place in his presence. It's a place in the Father's arms. The secret place is a place of grace. It is a place where we can talk with Jesus face to face. Hallelujah. Say with me, the secret place is a place of great grace. And it is a place where I can speak with the Master face to face. That's awesome. So he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The word shadow there means tent or protection. The word Almighty there is Shaddai, which comes from El Shaddai. So when you're dwelling in the secret place of the Most High, El Elyon, the Most High, you're under the shadow of El Shaddai. That's a, <laughs> that's a safe place to be. That's a good place to be. That's an awesome place for you and I to live. Right, Paul? Glory to God. Now notice verse 2. I will say of the Lord. Let me stop right there. There are some things that need to be said. And there are some things that I can say about your circumstance that can work. But the most important thing is what do you say? Seems like something ought to be said about debt. Seems like something ought to be said about sickness and disease. So I will say. Now listen. When you are saying it from that secret place. Come on. When you are saying that, saturated in his presence, there is a now an anointing that is released by what you say. It is the rhema of God. I will say of the Lord, let's say it together. He is my refuge. He is my fortress. He is my God. I love hearing testimonies of what you know, people have experienced in their lives. But oh, thank God when he's your God. And when you know him for yourself. Oh man, that's the way to do it. Now notice with me in verse 3. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, or the enemy when he comes, and from the noisome pestilence. Now let's read verse 4 together. He shall cover me with his feathers... Under his wings shall I trust his truth. That's right. That's right, isn't it, Blanche? His truth. His truth. Is that right, Helen? His truth is your shield. His truth is your buckler. What more do we need? It's okay to have a security system. But when you're living under the shadow of El Shaddai and you're declaring the word of God, you can live in the worst of the worst neighborhoods. But as long as he is your shield and as long as the truth is your buckler, you're going to be preserved. Now, I'm not saying don't use wisdom. You know me better than that. 
Okay, so there's preservation power in this truth. And then, of course, we have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of us. John 16, 13 says, But when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into what? What the world needs is a manifestation of truth. The God of this world simply blinds the minds of those that don't believe. We don't get down on unbelievers. We don't get down on people that do things. They do what they do because they're sinners. (laughs) They do what they do because they're in a different family. The God of this world blinds their minds. Let's be, let's be honest tonight. How many of your eyes were blinded at one point in your life? What is it that changed your life? It was the manifestation of truth. It was the manifestation of light. That's what the world needs. Is the manifestation of the light. For it is the entrance of his word. The entrance of truth. That gives people light it even gives understanding to the simple and I qualified for that so in John uh, 16 13 how be it when he the spirit of truth come he'll guide you into all truth he's not going to speak of himself but he whatever he hears that shall he speak and he will even show you things to come isn't that neat he'll show you things to come and so this truth then The spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit, and the word of truth together then separates me and separates you from error and deception. It separates you from error and deception. In other words, if you hear something that just doesn't seem right in your heart or in your seamer, or in your inner man, yeah. it just doesn't feel right, it doesn't seem right, and you haven't really seen it in the Word, and you don't have a witness of it in your spirit by the Holy Spirit, that's a strong indication to you to draw back from that. Not to feed on that. Not that you dislike or you talk about people. Come on. Yeah. You love people. But I believe that we've got a guide on the inside. I believe we've got a compass in the inner man. He'll guide us right into the truth. And thank God he'll keep us from error. You know, Paul warned the church at Galatia. What the big deal was was with the church at Galatia, the big deal was Judaism versus the Gentiles. Judaism says to be saved, you have to be circumcised, right? The Gentiles declare that you're saved by faith and faith alone, right? And so the Apostle Paul, he declared to the church at Galatia, because you see, they were running well. They were doing good for a while. But then Paul shows up and he says, oh, you foolish Galatians. Look at Galatians 3, verse 1. 
Oh, foolish Galatians. Look at this. Who hath bewitched you? That's not a very nice word. That you should not obey what? Not obey the truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you. And then turn quickly to Galatians 5, 7. Notice what he says here. He says, you did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? Now, without going into great detail, because it's not polite to do that, and it's not scriptural to do that, and I'm not led to do that, but I will say this, that over the years of being in ministry, Brenda and I and this church has had the opportunity to get on the latest fad or get on the latest bandwagon that was popular in the body of Christ. And to not go with that fad and not to get on that bandwagon, I'm sure people questioned why we didn't. And it would be nothing against other camps or other people, but on the inside of me, it just never set right. And at the beginning of the day, and at the middle of the day, and at the end of the day, I've got to go with what sets right and seems right and is right according to the Word and according to the Holy Spirit. So now, don't think for one moment that you and I have arrived. We haven't arrived. There's probably stuff that I'm not aware of (laughs) that perhaps should be changed. But don't think for one moment that the arrive, we've arrived at our destination of purely being right in all things. <laughs> Come on. And we do an endeavor to be right and to live right, do we not? And even as we are right, don't be deceived, the enemy is still out there. I don't say that to put anybody in fear, I'm just saying that, look, We need to be sober-minded. We need to be alert. We need to be open. But open to what he's bringing. Say with me, Lord Jesus, put your hand right over here. Say with me, Lord Jesus, I open up my heart to all that you have for me. To all that you would do in us and through us. Keep thy servant from error. Keep us from presumptuous sins. Help us to hold fast and stay on course with the truth and with the moving of the Holy Spirit. That's an awesome place to be in. And so here's here's the key, guys. All of us, all of us need to remain teachable. Is that right? In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 15, notice the scripture with me. He says, you did run well. Who did hinder that you should not obey the truth? So what, what do we do? Well, we study. We, we pray. And we pray in the spirit. 
In 2 Timothy 2.15, read it with me. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing. Everyone say, rightly dividing. Say it again, rightly dividing the word of truth. Now, if we can rightly divide it, it also means we could wrongly divide it. And so what keeps us from wrongly dividing the word? Studying, praying, being teachable, and being open. Timothy says it this way, They shall turn away from their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But now let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, verse 6. Here's what I want to do for a few minutes tonight. Have you been fed anything? Look at this. In first, wow, time goes by so quick. I've already been speaking 45 minutes. Oh, no shame on me, blessing on me. First Corinthians 13, verse 6. Here's what we ought to do, guys. We should not rejoice in iniquity. I know I have the wrong verse. But we should be rejoicing in what? So we rejoice in what? We rejoice in the truth. Why do we rejoice in the truth? Because it keeps us. It, perverts, it, it preserves us. It sanctifies us. It keeps us free. We rejoice in the truth. The next time I'm with you on Wednesday night, we're going to start out with this verse. So turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 7. So... This Roman soldier, you as a child of God, a soldier of God, a king and a priest unto God, make sure that you've got your loins girt about with truth. Amen? And here's what we're going to start out with next time. By the word of truth, by the power of God, by the armor or the breastplate of righteousness, look at this, on the right hand and on the left. This is not natural armor. This is spiritual armor. And when you are in the armor of God, brothers and sisters, you are completely surrounded by his protective hand. We could say it this way. God's got your back. God's got your back. So one of the greatest joys I have, and I know Pastor Nancy will agree, and of course PT and Brenda and Kimberly, I know that they will agree. But this is one of the greatest things and one of the biggest rejoicing of our heart is to see you guys rejoicing in the truth. I'll just say it like the aged, beloved John said when he was an elder statesman in the kingdom of God. He said this, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. Let's all stand to our feet.